0: Going on. How's everybody doing today? Come on, church, help me welcome all of our locations, Orange Park, St. John's. Some of our global locations tuning in today. And of course, if you are tuning in online, we are so glad that you're with us. We're continuing in our series today. Good families are no accident. And last weekend, we talked about the importance of being intentional, especially in this day and time in the relationships that mean the most to you. And so we're gonna continue in the series today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five, and I want you to kind of camp at verse 21 while I read the theme scripture for this series out of Luke chapter six, verse 46 through 49. But just stay at Ephesians five, I'll get there in a moment. Jesus says in Luke 6:46. He says, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? How many of you believe that it is important to do what Jesus says? It's important, right? Hopefully you're at church today to find out what Jesus is saying and hopefully put that into practice. Holla. Okay, so. Look what Jesus says, verse 47. He says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and then follows it. It is like a person building a house. Everybody say house. And of course, we understand this is talking about especially in the context of marriage and family. We're building a house, that, our, our family, our family house. It's like building, a, like a person who building a house who digs deep. Everybody say digs deep. And that's what we've been talking about uh, since last Sunday, the importance when it comes to family, we've got to really get intentional. We've got to dig deep. We can't just scrape the surface. We just can't, can't be shallow when it comes to our our family with what's at stake. And, uh, and that's what intentionality is. It's, it's, it's digging deep. And it says, uh, and lays the foundation on solid rock. Of course, that's Jesus. When, when the flood waters rise, And break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. And of course, in our society today, we see so many marriages and families built on the wrong foundation. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, of course, this is in the context of marriage. It's in the context of family. This is the theme scripture here. And then the Apostle Paul is going to address husbands, wives, and children in this, in subsequent scriptures. But in verse 21, he says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I want to talk to you today about what it means to be intentional in the home at a very foundational level. And I've entitled this message, Filling the Gap. Filling the Gap. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, for these next 25 or 30 minutes, God, I just pray that you deliver us from a worldly mindset. I pray that you open our hearts, Jesus, to what you are saying so we can build our marriages and family on the right foundation. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen and amen. Okay, just a little bit of recap from last Sunday. So, of course, last Sunday, what we talked about was when we look in the Bible, and the New Testament, there's all these lofty ideals about relationships and marriage and love and all these kind of things. And, you know, we we kind of look in the Bible and we see all these blessings and the joy that can come with a a God-first family and a healthy family, but then it's so easy to kind of look at our lives. And we look at the re- reality at what we're living. And when we're, we look at the reality with what we're dealing with and, and, and our past and past experiences. So many people in here today, listen, you know, you've, you've been through a terrible divorce or two. Um, you've you 've seen some really uh, painful things happen to the people that you love the most and that you are closest to you 've had some bad experiences maybe in the past with your own family and and we talked about last week you know that it 's in family that 's where we suffer the most pain but it 's also in family where we can receive and experience the greatest joys in life and a lot of times especially uh, you know people that are new to church or or, or just uh, begin a relationship with Jesus. When I talk about marriage or I talk about family, they think I'm going to open the Bible and I'm going to show all these great examples of all these wonderful, perfect families. But actually in the Bible, it's, it's just the opposite, isn't it? We find in the very first generation, the very children of Adam and Eve, uh, Cain and Abel, we find murder in the first generation where Cain kills Abel and we just look down and we see Noah, you know, with his dysfunction after the flood. And then we see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you realize Jacob, his very name means deceiver? And that's why God changed him to Israel. And we see all the deception in those families and the hurt and the trauma. And then of course, we see uh, Jacob's 12 sons and we see 11 of the brothers trying to sell uh, Joseph. Well, first they want to kill him, then they, want to, then, then they do sell him into slavery. So just let me help you out. Like You might think you have family problems. As long as your brother or sister hasn't tried to kill you recently and sell you into slavery, come on, you're doing better, better than some of the main families in the Bible, all right? You feel a little bit better about yourself? Some of you are like, man, maybe that argument last night at dinner really wasn't that bad in the big context of things. But we see David, we see his son going to war against his own father, wanting to kill his own father, and just just terrible things in families. But then what we also see is a loving God. We see a God who reaches down in the midst of our pain and in the midst of of our very... uh, can it, it, at times hurtful and painful, very real experiences. And we see God come down and, and we talked about, you know, there's this gap between our real and God's ideal and, and how do we fill this gap? Well, the good news is that God's already done his part through Jesus. He's filled this gap with his grace. And the grace of God comes down. He doesn't call us to be perfect. He doesn't call us not to make mistakes. We're going to make a bunch of mistakes. But God comes down in his grace. And here's the thing. God's grace has a way of elevating our real to his ideal. It doesn't matter what you've been through. The amount of hurt, the amount of pain, I'm telling you that nothing is impossible with God. You can have a fresh start in your marriage. God can turn things around with your kids. Listen, you cannot outrun the the love of God. You cannot hide from the love of God. The love of God will find you in the darkest corner. He will find you in the deepest pit. He will pull you out. He will save your family. He will turn your marriage around if you will just make the decision. You know what? I'm not just gonna say there's such a gap between my real and God's ideal. I'm not gonna give up. But no, I'm gonna say yes to the grace of God and I'm gonna get intentional with my family and I'm gonna see God turn things around and have a healthy marriage and have a healthy family. Come on, how many of you believe that today? I need you to believe this, all right? I need you to believe it because there's a war against families. There's a war against marriage. There is a war against the principles and values in the Word of God, and, and, and we've got to stand up, and we've got to allow God to make a difference in our lives. Let me give you three quick things, and we're talking about being intentional, okay? And, and, and that's how we fill the gap between the real and the ideal. You know, we put faith, we trust God, all that good stuff, but faith without what? Works, works, is dead. Can I, can I give you some action steps, a few tools that'll really help you that I just want to make sure that you're aware of here at Celebration? Let me give you three things, ways you can be intentional with your marriage and family. First of all, there's counseling. There's counseling. Here at the church, we offer free biblical guidance. And if you need something more on a professional level, I mean, we've got great Christian counselors that we network with, that we can uh, uh, refer you to. And let me help you out here, okay? Counseling is not just for crisis situations. See, so many people think, oh, we will go to counseling, so we must be having a crisis, right? No, no, wrong. What? Carrie and I, we're in marriage counseling. We have been for some time. We go to a marriage counselor every other month. There's no crisis in our home. We're just being intentional. Counseling was designed to be proactive. We're going through counseling so a crisis doesn't. Arrive in our home. How many of you only go to the doctor for crisis? Some of you are like. <laughs> I don't like doctors. No, but I mean, if 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 you're really watching after your health, what do you do? You, hopefully, you go for a checkup, right? <laughs> you going for a regular checkup, or you're going for a physical, or you know, you're 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 going and getting some blood work done, just the doctor checking you out. We go to the doctors. We're 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 proactive. Yes. If there's a crisis, we go to counseling and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but there's also a component of counseling that, man, it, it's proactive. It's healthy for you. And by the way, we're all in counseling because Jesus said what? That the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He's our God. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. I know what some of you guys are thinking. You're like, I ain't going no therapy, man. Make me get in touch with my feelings and all that. I don't need therapy. Oh no, you are exactly the person that I'm talking to. Get your big macho behind into a counselor's office and man, just get some free biblical guidance. Everybody needs someone uh, to to talk to, so there's counseling, okay? Here's another thing real important. Conferences, everybody say conferences. Conferences like, the Becoming One marriage conference that we're having right here at Celebration Church on Friday night, August 8th, and Saturday morning, August 9th, okay? So so talking about the opportunity to be intentional in your marriage and family, okay, Jimmy Evans, he will be here live. He's doing his global worldwide broadcast for his Becoming One marriage conference and family from right here at Celebration Church. He's live here. At the church with the leading experts in marriage and family, we already have—I think that last time we had 800 people coming to, coming here that don't even go to this church. They're from like outside the city and state. So I'm just saying, celebration. is in the simulcast on August 8th and 9th. This is the live. This is the where he's broadcasting his global conference from. So I'm just saying. If you want to be intentional and bring your real to God's ideal, this is a great conference. Maybe, maybe you just want to move that poker game to next Friday night. You know what I'm saying? All right? You, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a couple hours Friday night. It's a few hours Saturday morning. Man, sign up. You can sign up for that out in the foyer at all of our locations. And then also, the other thing is community. Everybody say Community. So, so important that we do life together in the context of marriage and family. We, we, we got to understand that, listen, back in Bible times, you know, families, they grew up together. Clans lived in the same villages or, you know, in the same section of a village. And so it was easy. You know, if a, if a dad had to go away, there was brothers and, and uncles and relatives and everybody could help with the kids. And, and it was like kind of everybody looking out for one another. Well, today you might live on a street. You don't even know who, who lives next door to you. Like there's no one to, to, to kind of help you. You might have family here and there, but there's no one to really help you with your kids. Church, we've got to get good at this. We've got to get good at locking arms together and helping one another with our marriages, helping one another, raising uh, uh, our kids. And so that's why, and you'll see at every location in your sermon note packet, or you can take this out. This is on the seat in front of you. These God First Life Connect Groups, We really encourage you to get into a group uh, this fall. And what we also really need is many of you to host a connect group. It's just for six weeks. Anybody can do it. In fact, the training is only 15 minutes and we have it after every service for the next few weeks. In fact, it's after this service at at Serving Central right here to the right at the arena and there's at, at every single one of our campuses. It's 15 minutes if you'd be willing just to host a group. It's a plug and play curriculum, it's free and just take the relationships, watch, that you already have, the people that you already know Y'all gather at a coffee store, clubhouse, your house, wherever, for just six weeks. And look, take activity, put some intentionality around it and build some community there. That's how, man, we, we, we've got to help one another and we can walk it out together. That's how, that's how things get sustainable. Come on, are, are, are you with me here? Are you following me here? Okay, like four of y'all. Come on, do I have eight? Hey, eight, 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 eight? I got eight over here. Do I have sixteen? Sixteen, 16? dude. Come on. Listen, I know when I talk about family, man. I know people can be like, Stover, you don't know what I'm dealing with. Like, just this message, just sitting through this message. It's taken a whole lot. Here's what I do know. God is our healer, and I know that sometimes is in any wound, it might take a little bit of pain in digging in, but you've got to allow Jesus to do that so he can bring some healing into your life. And I want to tell you that he, in his word, it is the only hope. Just go out there in the world, see what's going on in marriages and families out there. How's that working out for everybody? I'm telling you this, watch. Don't worry about the people around you. What I need you to do is focus on you. Is that okay? You focus on you and let God come in and take care of everybody else. You can at least clap to God for that. Okay? Life change is inspired through preaching, but it's imparted through community. And more than anywhere else, we need God's grace in our families. Okay? So this intentionality, I just gave you some tools, but what are the principles? How does this Look in the home. Here's what I need you to know. Remember, the Bible says that God's ways are higher than our, way, our ways, right? And many times there's things in the Bible when we just look at them in face value, it's like, man, we don't really understand this. Like we're, we're applying, watch, we're applying our real, my husband's a jerk, my wife is crazy. My wife's mama is crazy. My wife's mama's mama is crazy. I'm sorry. We apply our real. Here's what we do as human beings. We apply our real in context with God's ideal, and it's such a gap. We just say, this can't, this is irrelevant. This must be cultural. God doesn't know this is, this is, archaic-like. Like, and what we do is instead of, watch, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, leaning not on our own understanding, our own experiences, filters of pain and all that kind of stuff, but in all our ways acknowledge Him. He will direct our steps. Instead of going that route, what many times we do is we just check out. I'm asking you not to check out. And what you'll find is many times in some of the scriptures that you don't understand just on face value, if you'll just wait and let a little context come around and dig a little bit deeper around those things, you'll find that they make perfect sense and that God's ways, the word, you know, the, the, the word logos logical is very logical. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look in God's ways. Look at Ephesians 5, 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does that mean? Wait, wait, I mean, isn't there a leader? Like, okay, God's about to talk to husbands and wives and kids, and it's just telling everybody to submit to one another. Doesn't there have to be a leader? Isn't there order and, and all that kind of stuff? Yes, but... What's happened in our society and in today's culture, we don't, the word submission has taken on a meaning that is almost the complete opposite of the biblical definition of submission. In today's culture, what is submission? When you think of submission, you think of like, you know, you're watching Animal Planet and a, you know, pack of wolves. You know, it goes eating on a carcass and all the submissive animals don't get to eat first. You know, the submissive wolves got to wait till all the alpha wolves finish their meal. Or we think about fighting, you know, MMA, when someone taps out, he, he submits. In today's culture, submissive has have taken on a word to, to mean weakness, a doormat, you know, just a, a punching bag. It's weak, where in the Bible, submission, the word submission, actually means the exact opposite. Let me give you a biblical definition of submission, Biblical submission is an attitude of the heart that allows you to leverage your power and resources for another's benefit. This is biblical submission. It starts with an attitude of the heart that allows you to leverage your strength, your power, and your resources for another's benefit. Do you want to know who our example for this is and who our model for this is? Jesus. The most submissive person that ever walked this earth was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The very person that had the most strength and power was also the most submitted. He submitted himself to humanity and to death on a cross He submitted himself to the will of the Father. Aren't you glad that Jesus submitted himself to death on the cross? Just submitting. You understand? Jesus Jesus died for your sins. You know what that means? He, He showed submission to you. He leveraged his strength and power and resources for your benefit so that you could experience salvation when you couldn't save yourself. Thank God we have a Savior who said, the Son of Man. That's why when he washed the disciples' feet, they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't be a servant like this. You can't submit to us like this. And Jesus turned his disciples, he said, listen, if I don't do this, you can have no part of me. If you don't allow me to leverage my power and strength and resources for your benefit, you won't be saved. That's what submission is. The, the word that we have in our society that's close, most closely related to that word is just serve. It's serving. When you serve somebody, are you weak or are you strong? If I look, if, if, if someone is, is down here at all of our locations, if you're down there and you're tired and you're exhausted and you need water, if I go and I get you a cup of water and I bring you a towel and I say, man, refresh yourself, am, am I weak? Am I less than you? Or am I leveraging my strength and my energy and my power for your benefit? And you know what I would hope? I would hope that as I have given to you, you will give to somebody else. Imagine a church, a community, a family that learns how to submit to one another, learns how to leverage our strength and our resources for the benefit of the whole. That's what Jesus did. And that's why he said the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's what happens when Jesus came on the scene, he talked about love, you know, love one another and this amazing concept of love and he kind of talked about it in big general terms. What the apostles were commissioned with, including the apostle Paul is, okay, how do we take love, right? Loves the gospel, right? Love is comes from the grace of God, right? Okay, so how do we take this amazing love that's in the grace of God and what is the specific practical application of that love in the church, in the community, and in the family. This is what the apostle is doing here. He's about to give through this term, you know, uh, uh, submission, which means leveraging your strength and resources for another, uh, someone else's benefit, which is really love and action. Am I right? Isn't serving love and action? It's love and action. And now the apostle Paul here is about to give the specific application of that in the home. And he's gonna come up with kind of a unique here's what submission means to the husband, here's what submission means to the wife, here's what submission means to the kids, and here's what submission means to the fathers. Here's what love and action looks like in the home in the big context of us submitting to one another as Jesus as our model, okay? So the first thing that it, that he talks to here is the wives. Let's look at these verses specifically laid out here. He says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Now, the reason that it kind of repeats that word submit, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, because in that very word, it carries the nature of the term respect. And ladies, that is what men need Most. They need respect. And it's your job in the home. Watch, let me be real clear about this. Men are the head of the home. Men are the head of the home, but everybody has a part in the leadership of the home. Everybody has a part in the leadership of the home. And this is real interesting, ladies. Guess who God speaks to first? He speaks to you. This would have blown the church in Ephesus, I promise you, in this culture. It would have blown them away when it's talking about order in the home. Yes, we have, there's other scriptures. The man is the head. But it's, it, it would have blown this church away to see the first person addressed was the wives. Which, by the way, husbands, if you've ever said, my wife doesn't submit to me, my wife doesn't submit to me. I want you to notice this verse does not say, husbands, your wives should submit. It says, wives Submit to your husbands. In other words, husbands, God's not even talking to you here. I'm just saying. It doesn't say, husbands, this is what your wife should do. Oh, that's what you wish it said, but it don't say that. God, it says wives. couldn't be more clear. This scripture's not even, if you're a husband, this scripture's not even for you. Wives... Submit or respect your husband as unto the Lord. And just like everything Jesus taught us about forgiveness, love, and everything. You know the foundation of the reason why we do it? We do it as unto the Lord. In other words, you forgive people not because they deserve it. Many times they don't deserve it. They hurt you really bad. You forgive people because Jesus forgave you. And because that's the only way you can be healed and free. It's the same thing with these things that God's gonna lay out. Submission, many times your husband doesn't deserve your respect you don't do, that's not the foundation you do it as under the Lord you do it for Jesus hopefully you came to church today for Jesus I mean maybe you kind of did it for your wife and kids or if you're a wife you kind of did it for your husband and kids but come on the foundation I hope that you're here for God this is why this so so God talks to you first wives and here's why you hold the key for this whole flow. Because when you said, I do, when your husbands, when his parents were standing there at that wedding ceremony and you, y'all said, I do, the mantle of affirmation and encouragement and potential left his parents and fell on you. God put it on you. And now you are the primary voice to your husband's encouragement and affirmation, security, potential. And God is saying, wives, this is such a powerful strength that I've given you. I need you to understand it's gonna be hard for your man to cherish you like I want him to cherish you if you don't steward this well for me. Wives, I'm asking you this. Will you leverage your strength? You have more power than you know. And it's not just letting your husband, hey, 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 if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Although I will say that's a close second. But anyway. I can give you practical counseling all day long, ladies. You want to know a key to your husband's heart? It's a, it's a sandwich and sex, right there. If you can get those sandwich and sex, he's gonna. Okay, let's move on here. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what I'm saying: Say, wives, will you be the? Will you be strong? Will you will you take your leadership in the home and leverage that authority and awesome gift that God's given you to speak? In? Will you? Will you Will you do that in a way that respects your husband for the benefit of the glory of God, your marriage and for your kids? That's what God's saying here. And then it goes on to speak to the husbands and and says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now we know that no man can love you in the magnitude of the divine love of Jesus, men are not God, but what Jesus is telling men is, look, I, I need you to cherish and nurture your wife and your model is just like I cherish and nurture the church. The church is the bride of Christ, not to the magnitude, but the principle of it. And guys, our, our, our wives, they, they need love. They need to be cherished. They need to be nurtured. I mean, Jimmy Evans is going to talk a lot about that. And non-sexual touch, as difficult as that is for some of us, we've got to learn how not just to lunge. And our wives, we've got to learn how to hold hands. We've got to learn how to talk. <laughs> That's why it's awesome, man. If like your wife's primary love language is receiving gifts, when she gets to talking, let me tell you about my day and da 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 da, you know, and you know, and if we did this and we over here. Then you, if if you know that her love language is receiving gifts, you can just pull out the checkbook and say, "Can I write you a check?" <laughs> Can we, can we finish this conversation now? I'm just kidding. Listen to me. That was that was. Unfortunately, some of you guys, that was the first time you kind of piped up this entire message. You're like, all right, finally, something I can use here. Now, guys, listen, you are the head of your home. But to lead your home, a lot of men think, oh, you know, I'm going to leave my home. You know, and we get our wives and kids, everyone around the table. We're starting at Genesis. We're, I'm doing devos for everyone. Ten chapters a day. This family's going to get spiritual right now, right now. We all have done that. You know how you start leading your home? Matthew 20, 28. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to what? Serve. Give my life as a ransom. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself. The way you start leading your home is by serving That's your unique bent in submitting to one another, serving. Now let's get to children. Look, God's, I love this. So God says this, look, children, specifically teenagers. I studied that in the Greek. It, It is specifically speaking to teenagers. So children, look, obey your parents. Once again, because you belong to the Lord, what's your foundation for doing things? Parents aren't perfect either. It's for God. Children, obey your parents because you belong belong to the Lord. I love this. For this is the right thing to do. God knows. He's just going to tell those kids, it's the right thing to do. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm not going to tell you how, because you're just going to argue with me, and I'm God. (laughs) Kids, the way they process consequence, that part of their brain is not even formed yet. That's scientific. It It gets formed when they're like 22 or something like that. So here's what God's saying. What? kids, especially you you teenagers, especially you that are 12 years old, 14-year-old, and 17-year-old, especially those of you who might be a 12-year-old girl named Annabelle, a 14-year-old boy named Stovey, and a 17-year-old girl named Kaylin Weems, especially y'all. Those are my kids. I just had to do that. I love this. Obey your parents, look, because it's the right thing to do. Do you notice God did not say, Obey your parents because they are right? Said, A lot of times we're not, right, parents? A lot of times we mess up. A lot of times we we don't get it right. God's saying this, look, you obey your parents because it's the right thing to do. And the rest of that verse says, and you in uh, this way you honor your father and mother, and you know what? It will go well with you. God will make sure that it goes well with you, children, if you do your part of leadership in the home and obey your parents. I at least need some claps for that one for parents. And the final thing is this. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. The, The New King James says exacerbate. Here's what that means. By the way you treat them, fathers, it means in your discipline. Do not not be too overbearing. Do not be too harsh. Do not do things that you know how to punch your kids' buttons and and just make things inflammatory. It's your part, specifically, fathers. God speaks to the men twice in this. Specifically, your part, fathers, how you discipline your kids. Make sure that you treat them right and do your discipline in love. And so... What does this all mean? There's a gap between our real and God's ideal. We know that God's filled this. He's done his part with his grace. His grace elevates. His grace makes up for all our mistakes. His grace makes up for our imperfections, but we have a part in being intentional. What is our part? What does submission really mean? Leveraging your strengths and resources for another's benefit. It's the attitude of the heart. What is really submission? Submission is love. It's love in action. What, what do we do? How do what, what's the foundation of our intentionality? Oh my gosh, can you imagine this? This is like a new doctrine. Have you ever heard of this? Let's love one another. Oh my gosh. You mean like a f- healthy family can actually flourish if we love one another? Call Dr. Phil. Call Oprah. This is, this is, wow, man. This is like mind-blowing. But this is the challenge. Listen, the world doesn't understand love. They don't understand world. Love and action, because you know what this looks like? You know what the action step is here? Women, submit. Respect. Men, submit. Cherish. Children, submit. Obey. Husbands, submit. Don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. This is Ephesians 5, 21. And every person in the home has a unique part to how to put that love in action. Do not tell me that your home is full of love because you'll hug one another and give good Christmas gifts. That's all great. But that can't build a family on a strong foundation. Only the love of God can. So I'm gonna help. Here's our language today i want you you can start using this immediately in your home what's the language of that love what's the language of submit to one another out of reverence for christ we'll give you a, an easy question that you can put into practice immediately and it's this how can i help how can i help husbands you see your wives frustrated ask them how can i help Wives, you see your husbands discouraged or frustrated, ask them, how can I help? You see your kids frustrated, ask, how can I help? When you are putting that language, how can I help? When you say, how can I help? You know what you're saying? Let me yield my strength and resources for your benefit so that you can be the person that God has called you to be. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ by yielding our strength and resources for one another. That's what love specifically looks like in the home with these four unique directives. I want you to start saying it this week. How can I help? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. I'll take a hand, I'll take whatever I can get. bow your heads with me. How many of you would say this real quickly? Every head every eye closed. Husbands, watch. I'm not talking to the, to the wives or the kids. I'm talking to you, husbands. I'm asking you, will you put love and action in your home and cherish and nurture your wife and love her by serving her? If you will, I want you to raise your hand. You're saying, I'm going to be intentional. Thank you, men. Thank you, men. You can put those hands down. Wives, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to the husband. I'm not talking to the kids. I'm talking to you. Will you submit to your husband out of re- will you Will you show him the respect? Will you be realize the strength and power that you have in your affirmation? Will you choose to do that? I want you to raise your hands right now. I want you to raise your hands right now. So many hands are going up. Listen, I'm not. If, there, if there's abuse in the home, anything like that, you just Get out of there. Call the police. I'm not saying be any kind of doorman. I'm just saying leverage your strength for his benefit. I'm asking all the kids, all the teenagers, will you obey your parents? Not because they're right all the time, because they're not, but because God says it's the right thing to do. And as you do that, he's going to make sure that things go well with you. Come on. if you're Even if you're 25, if you're living at home, Raise that hand if you're saying, yes, Stovall, I'll do that. I'll do that. And fathers, one more time, will you discipline your children in a way that doesn't provoke them, push their buttons, that's going to set them off? Raise your hand right now, wherever you are. Hands are up everywhere. One last thing, you can put them down. Who's in here today? You say, Stovall, I'm away from Jesus. The first thing I need to do is submit my life to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You need forgiveness. You need everlasting life. You realize Jesus leveraged his strength and resources for you so that you could have forgiveness and everlasting life. If that's you, you need a fresh start with God. You need to submit your life to Jesus. Would you just raise a hand wherever you are? Yes, 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 yes. Lots of hands up. That's awesome. Here's what I'm going to do real quick. Look up here. Look up here, buddy. Look up here. If you're one of those people that raised your hands to submit your life to Jesus, or even if you didn't, I wanna invite you to make a public stance for Jesus right now. I'm gonna to count to three in just a moment. But listen, Jesus said this, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. What Jesus was saying was if the if your heart is sincere, if you're sincere on the inside, that will show itself in, in a public declaration on the outside. And I think there's just something about I, I, it once again. Hey, man, if we're if we're submitted to Christ, you know what? That, that's a that's a public submission. Jesus is Lord of our lives and we're not ashamed of it. So what I'm going to do is if you need to do that, if you need a fresh start with God, if you need to make Jesus your Lord, if you've never stood up in front of people before and said, yes, Jesus is my Lord. I'm going to ask you to do that on the count of three right now. Ready? One, two three, come on, stand up right now, yes, yes, give my hand, look at all the people standing up, give my hand everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, at all of our locations, thank you, thank you, thank you, you you can go ahead and be seated, I just want, don't worry, when you stood up, we got your picture, it's going to be on the billboard out there, this person lives for Jesus. One more thing here. You know that question, how can I help? Can I be honest with you as your pastor? I, I need your help with what we're talking about. I need your help in helping us get couples and families in community. And what, what, we're really, what we are really need here over the next few weeks, what we're going to have is we're, we, we need people to help us hosting one of these God First Life Connect groups. Just six weeks. So easy. They kick off at the end of August. And, and I need your help. We need your help in, in, in taking people that you already know, that you already have a relationship with, and just being a little bit more intentional around it so we can open up some dialogue together. I'm not, it's not about sharing all your personal things. It's just opening up dialogue about marriage and family and God first in our lives and, and all that kind of stuff. And if you are just interested in hosting a group, it would be a huge blessing to our church for just six weeks. And I'm going to ask you this right now, just real quickly, all of our locations, if you're just interested in hosting a group, would you just stand up real quick, stand up right now? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, give them a hand, church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We need your help. Come on, give them a hand one more time. Y'all go ahead and sit down. Thank you very much. That means a lot means a lot. And there's training right out just 15 minutes at all of our locations. Here it's right through the, the doors there to the right in the Serving Central. If you're visiting or new to Celebration, we'd love for you to stop by Celebration Connect at all of our locations. We'll be out there meeting you. We're so glad that you're here. Let me pray for you. Come on, y'all. Good families there are no accident. We're going to see God do some amazing things this fall. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for today, Lord. As we leave out of here, God, we know what to fill in that gap. Your grace is already there. And so, Lord, we fill that in with love and action. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and we thank you for your miracles and blessings that we're gonna see in our homes. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.